Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I am so happy that you guys are joining me here today. Well, I have to say we have something just a little bit different for you guys on this episode of the podcast. We actually had a reader write in and ask for me to be interviewed on the podcast. They said it would be great after we've heard Pam talk to 50 other guests about their homeschools. It would be great to hear her talk about hers. So because it was asked for... I said, okay, sure. I have to say, I think that I probably wouldn't be the most interesting guest. And I was a little nervous about answering the questions, but I'm game. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It actually worked out perfectly because this was also an opportunity for me to introduce you to a friend of mine. Because if I'm going to be on the podcast, I need someone to interview me. And so today we are bringing on Colleen Kessler, who is from RaisingLifelongLearners.com. And she also was the guest on episode five of this particular podcast. She was one of my very first guests on the show. And so Colleen is coming on today, not only to interview me for this episode of the podcast, but also for the rest of this season as our very special guest host. And we're going to be telling you a little more about that. So Colleen, before you welcome me to the podcast, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much, Pam. I'm really, really excited to be here. Well, I am glad that you are here because I tell you guys, there just came a point where I kind of needed to step back a little bit. I'm turning my focus to a few other projects this fall. And my husband and I had this really long conversation and we said, if I want to add new things on my plate, we've kind of reached the point where I need to take some things off of my plate. And so we thought this would be a really great opportunity to highlight some other fabulous homeschool moms and let them have the opportunity to guest host on the podcast. It would kind of bring a new flavor to the show, some new things going on here, maybe a little new life and some excitement and a little bit of a different personality. So Colleen said yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for asking me. It was really exciting to be given the chance to do this because I love your show. I love you. And it's been fun listening to the guests that you've brought on. So I'm really excited to be interviewing a a lineup of phenomenal guests this season. I can't wait. Yeah, we do have a great lineup of guests. I think it's going to be a fun season. And I'm excited because I actually get to sit and listen to all the wonderful (laughs) interviews that you're going to be doing. Um, It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It is. But, you know, I never like to listen. You know, I, I never sit and listen to my own interviews just for the fun of it. It's always, you know, there's always work involved or I'm always being really critical. It's like, oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I asked that. And Uh-oh, so wait, wait, wait. Are you going to be critical of me now? You're going to be like, oh, no, only of me. <laughs> <laughs> only of me. Trust me. Oh. 
So it'll be really nice to get the opportunity to listen to them just like as a homeschool mom who's enjoying listening to other homeschool moms. So I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be really, really neat. It's going to be different for me. I've spoken live quite a bit. I've spoken on videos. I've been interviewed on other people's podcasts. And so it's exciting. It's going to be a new a new challenge for me. I've been working on an idea for my own podcast for a while. So this is a really fun way to get my feet wet and to learn the ins and outs of podcasting and interviewing families and moms and people in the trenches of this whole parenting gig. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a really fun season. Okay. So I will be back each and every episode at the very beginning to kind of chat with Colleen for just a couple of minutes about her guest and how things are going. And uh, so I won't be completely out of the loop. And I did want to let you know that all of the podcast episodes will still be living at PamBarnhill.com. And the feed in iTunes is not changing at all. We're just having Colleen come on as the guest host. So you're going to be able to find everything just like you always have. But we hope that, you know, you like the added interest of, of someone else coming into your earbuds every other week throughout the fall season. So we will get on with this episode of the podcast, Colleen's very first interview, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast is brought to you by Maestro Classics. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s, which start at just $9.98. Order today and save 17% with coupon code PAM. Add classical music to your homeschool with Maestro Classic CDs, MP3s, and activity books. These nationally recognized recordings feature engaging storytellers with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Choose from a dozen titles, including Carnival of the Animals, My Name is Handel, The Story of Water Music, and one of the Barnhill family favorites, Peter and the Wolf. Each CD and MP3 includes a 24-page activity book with illustrations, puzzles, games, and fun facts for the kids. At maestroclassics.com, you can download free printables and curriculum guides to supplement each recording and combine classical music with other school subjects. All CDs and MP3s contain educational tracks which explain how the music was made, who the composer was, the history and story behind the music, the instruments used by the orchestra, and most importantly, how to listen. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s. They start at just $9.98. And as a Homeschool Snapshots listener, you can save 17% off your order today with the coupon code PAM. Learn more at maestroclassics.com. That's maestro spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O classics.com where the best classical music curriculum awaits your homeschool. And now, on with the podcast. Pam Barnhill is a homeschooling mom of three kids, ages 12, 10, and 7. A former award-winning classroom teacher and yearbook advisor, she began homeschooling when her oldest was five. Pam hosts three popular homeschooling podcasts, Your Morning Basket, all about the practice of morning time. The Homeschool Solution Show, a curated audio blog of homeschool blog posts, and this one. When she isn't chasing kids or pugs or watching football with her husband of 23 years, you can find her online at pambarnhill.com. Pam, welcome to your show. Hey, Colleen. Thank you so much for having me here. 
as your very first guest. I I think it's going to be fun. It's really, really exciting. It's a lot of fun for me. And I can't wait to take on your podcast for a little while. Thanks for loaning it to me. And I can't wait to talk to you for your readers. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to be a lot of fun. So tell me a little bit about your family. Well, <laughs> I have been married for 23 years to my husband, Matt. And he works for our local city government. And we are also kind of a quasi-military family um, in that he's in the National Guard. So, you know, we have done a deployment, which we've talked a little bit about before. And so I have a great affinity for military moms who are going through those kinds of things. I have three kids. Olivia is 12 and then John is 10 and Thomas is the baby. He is seven years old. So I guess he's not really a baby anymore, is he? No, it goes so fast, doesn't it? It does. So why did you start homeschooling or how did you start homeschooling? Well, I was a classroom teacher. I actually taught middle school and high school journalism and enjoyed it quite a bit and then left the classroom and actually went to work for the yearbook company. I really, I was kind of a yearbook nerd. It's really funny because I was a yearbook nerd in high school and you think, well, you know, what good is that ever going to do you in life? But I actually got a job being a professional yearbook nerd. That's so funny. <laughs> and it was something I really, really liked. And I did that for about three years. And then we started having kids kind of later in life. And once we did, we lived far away from family and I knew that I could not leave her with anybody who wasn't family. I just wasn't able to do that. And so we moved home, but I still decided I was going to stay home with her. That was what I was going to do. And just as we went further and further along, we had seen what the testing was like and the high stakes testing that the kids were going through and all of the teaching to the tests that they were doing. And we just really didn't want our kids to have to be under that kind of pressure and only learn things that were on standardized tests. We wanted you know, them to have freedom to learn other things. And so that was really what got us started with homeschooling. Yeah, it's a big difference once you have your own kids, isn't it? It's a huge difference once you have your own kids. The perspective of being a classroom teacher and then coming out, sending your own kids back into it, it kind of is uh, gives you pause. Yeah, it, but you know, you were a classroom teacher too. There are not a lot of classroom teachers who really like the whole testing aspect. They would rather things be a completely different way than what they are. But, you know, they're powerless to do anything about it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I still watch my husband go in. He's a teacher and I watch him go in every day. And it's different than it was even 10 years ago when he would go in for the morning. All right. This is where it's going to be a little bit fun because I know that the listeners of this show have heard you ask some of these questions for a while. And now, in fact, I was even asked some of these questions a long time ago in your first season. So now I get to ask you those same questions. So your homeschool day is most like which literary classic, Pam? Oh, I am finally glad that I am (laughs) able to answer this question. (laughs) Our homeschool day is Lord of the Flies. All day long. (laughs) Really? Nobody ever wants to say, okay, well, maybe not all day long, but it's certainly not Little House on the Prairie and it's really (laughs) not Little Women. And oh my gosh, for it to be Swiss Family Robinson, I'd actually have to go outside, (laughs) which is not happening. But a lot of times it feels like Lord of the Flies. I'm like, I am just trying to rein them in and keep (laughs) them under control and keep this ship moving forward like it's supposed to be. You know, they haven't tied me up and danced around me or built a fire or anything yet, but there are a lot of days that it feels like it's coming. 
That's so funny because that is the last one I would have expected my friend Pam to uh, answer. Oh, I'm just being honest here. (laughs) So fun. And this is fun for me too, because we've been friends for a while. So it's fun to hear you have some of these answers. But dancing around you, I don't think that's going to be coming anytime (laughs) soon. (laughs) I go, I think it was my dentist who said to me one day, he's like, you travel with your own tornado, don't you? I'm like, yes. (laughs) I'm like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. I walk and all of the stuff swirls around me. So... Oh my goodness, that's so funny. So if you were to look back, what would you say that your biggest homeschooling mistake or regret has been? You know, I think the biggest thing is I had this misconception in my head from the very beginning that my kids were going to absolutely love learning all the time and that, you know, nothing was going to be difficult and I was going to be such a great teacher that they never complained about doing school. They never hated doing any of the activities that we were going to do. They just would love absolutely everything that I put in front of them. And I worked really hard at that. And well, you know, (laughs) that's just not the way it is. The kids are human and kids are fallen just like I am. And learning sometimes can be hard. You know, I had some kids who struggled learning to read and it can be a little bit difficult and it's work. And so they didn't always have that love of learning that I wanted them to have. And so kind of the more they pushed back at me, the more I was running myself around in circles, you know, searching out the best activities. And so I would find like this, what I thought was just this great unit study and I would print everything out and get everything ready to go and I would put it out there for them and they would either be totally uninterested in it or lose interest after about 24 hours. And then it was like pulling teeth to get them to do it. And I had put so much work into it. And it wasn't until I said, you know what, we're just going to go with the basic. We're going to learn to read and we're going to learn to write and we're going to learn to do math every day. And it's hard and you may not like it, but we're using a solid program that works. And so we're just going to do a short lesson that's appropriate to your age every single day. And you're just going to suck it up, buttercup, and do it. And then, you know, we're going to add morning time, which they absolutely loved on top of that. And then our co-op once a week. And it wasn't until I figured that out and stopped kind of tying myself in knot that I really started enjoying what we were doing and realizing that it's okay. They're not going to love everything. It's not my responsibility to make them love everything. I think that's really amazing perspective that it's not our responsibility as homeschool parents to make them love it. That's something between, you know, themselves and God that's got to come, you know, however it comes, but we can give them a solid foundation. I think that's brilliant. So let me ask you to piggyback on that. What happens when you have one of those bad days? How do you turn that around? What is in your arsenal that, you know, things are going south because they do and they're railing against you and they've gotten through their short lesson, but they're still like there's still this black cloud hanging over your day, your afternoon. How can you turn that around without compromising your standards there without letting them, you know, start to go down that path of hating the learning? Well, you know, I don't think everything has to be fun. I don't have to make everything fun. But I do think there should be joy and a lot of play. So I may not be over here seeking out like the perfect lesson with all of these great moving parts that they're going to go, oh, this was fun. But I think that you can inject little bits of play into your school day. So we love to have dance parties. We love to sing. You know, we just play silly little games. My uh, one of my sons, the youngest. Oh, my gosh. Why is it always the youngest? But, you know, 
he'll give me fits over math. And so when we get to the word problems, I turn all of the word problems into questions about pugs. <laughs> you know, so today we had 256 pugs and 145 golden retrievers walking by the house. How many, you know, dogs did we see in all? And that makes him happy. So it's not tying myself in knots, but injecting little bits of enjoyment into the day that I think makes a big difference. Yeah, that it sometimes it's hard for that balance, right? Sometimes we fight against ourselves when we want we want them to have fun and we want them to enjoy it. But like you said, life isn't necessarily like that all the time, right? Yeah, sometimes we just want to get done. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to get that last dish put in the dishwasher so we can go kick back and have a glass of wine or something. Put our feet up. Yes. Amen. Um, okay. So tell me, what is the homeschooling book that has most influenced you and your homeschool? Oh, it would definitely have to be For the Children's Sake. I love that book. And it's really good for me because... There's so much about Charlotte Mason and her methods that I admire, but I have not been brave enough to like jump off the deep end and go into that. And so there are some great principles in there and I can take those principles and some of that philosophy and apply it without feeling like I'm drowning in, you know, the six volumes that are Charlotte Mason, which I did buy one and I am going to read but there's just so much good stuff in that particular book. Yeah, that's a good one. That's one of those ones that I reread often just to kind of give myself perspective and give myself permission to slow down and enjoy the beautiful things around us. Yeah. And, you know, I think there would be a lot of people out there who would be really surprised by this, but I am so convicted by John Holt much of the time, too. Really? Uh, yes, I am. Just, you know, I think I don't want to say he's been co-opted by the unschooling movement, but sometimes I think what Holt was saying about learning doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the modern unschooling movement. It was just kids not going to school. And I just think he had some really great things to say about learning. So I really enjoyed a number of his works as well. Yeah, he's one of those that has has shaped a lot of my educational philosophies, along with um, Alfie Cohn. I don't know if you've ever read him. I haven't ever read him, but I've heard of him. Yeah, he's just those two. But I think you're right. That's interesting perspective about kind of his philosophies being kind of co-opted and run with. It'd be interesting to sit down with him and hear what he would have, would have had to say. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to, but I want you to kind of explain a little bit of your philosophy behind it. So are you a planner in your homeschool, Mrs. Barnhill, or uh, do you fly by the seat of your pants? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am such a planner in my homeschool, but maybe not for the reason that you think I am. I have a planning product. It's Plan Your Year, and it is exactly the steps that I go through to plan my homeschool year. And we actually have a Facebook group for that planning product where people who have bought the product can come in and we all chat back and forth and have these great conversations together. It's a really wonderful place to be on Facebook because it's drama-free and you know, all the mamas there are working towards the same thing. And one mom made mention of the fact today that she had done something because of plan your year. And she's like, before plan your year, I would have done the lazy butt way. And it would have caused us all of these problems. And I responded to her and I said, I wrote plan your year. So I wouldn't default to the lazy butt way of doing <laughs> it. So I don't get decision fatigue. You know, I spend this time planning and I probably spend, I say it had to be the shortest this year ever. I probably spent about 10 or 15 hours. But, you know, and it used to be when I first started, it was more like 20 or 25 hours in the summer planning 
my homeschool year. But it's so when we hit the ground running on the first day of school, I turn it all on autopilot and there is very little I have to do during the school year. And I'm not ever standing there going, what are we doing next? Where did that go? Because I'm tired. You know, I'm absolutely worn out in my head and I want it to just know what the next thing is and how to do it and what's the process and just do it. So that's why I plan. It's not <laughs> it's not for any like I plan because I don't want to have to worry about plans, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. It makes total sense. And it's actually going to lead me into a question that I know a lot of both readers and listeners have been dying to ask you over the years and probably have. And here's your chance to set their minds at ease or give them a snippet into the brain that's Pam Barnhill. How do you do it all? Okay, so first, let let me ask you this. What made you back however many years ago, what, three or four years ago, decide I'm going to, I I don't have enough on my plate. I I don't plan enough. I'm going to start a podcast. And in addition to the blog that I've already got, and I'm going to talk to other homeschool moms. What made you start that? And then as you're talking about that, I'd love to know more about how you get all of that done because you're still homeschooling three children who are, you know, entering middle school years and need a little bit of hands on time each day. How do you do this? Oh, well, I have to say that the podcast was all Sarah McKenzie's fault. Um, <laughs> She's an instigator, uh, that Sarah McKenzie. She is. She is a rabble rouser. Um, so Sarah's a good friend of mine. And a few years ago, she got a wild hair and said she was going to start a podcast, which we all thought was great. Actually, I have to say, and Sarah knows this, my thought was, how in the world are you going to do a podcast that long about reading aloud? (laughs) You're going to run out of ideas (laughs) after like five episodes. But no, she had a plan. But so she started this podcast and she kept telling me now you keep in mind, Sarah is an extrovert. And she kept telling me how wonderful this was and how I should do this. And I am an introvert and yeah, personality issues. And she's like, your personality would come through. It would be fabulous. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And so finally, she found a podcast editor. (laughs) And when she did that, I'm like, okay, well, now that you have somebody who will edit these, hmm, maybe I will start a podcast. And I had loved, there was a, a homeschooling book I loved when I first started toying with the idea of homeschooling. And it was by Lisa Welchel from The Facts of Life. Oh, yeah. Blair. Yeah. So she had written this homeschooling book called, now that I just said that, it went right out of my head. We'll, we'll find it out and we'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Oh, so you think you want to homeschool? Yes, I think I've read that one. Okay. And so, you know, this book at this point is what, 15, 18 years old, something like that. But it was basically all these little vignettes of, they were composite characters. They weren't real people come to find out. But these little vignettes, these peak, a peek inside these homeschoolers days. And so I told Sarah, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a podcast like that book. And I'm going to have these homeschool moms come on And I'm going to interview them and really kind of give a glimpse inside their homeschool. And I want to ask them a lot of the same questions, because what I want people to do is to realize that it's totally okay to have different answers to the same questions as a homeschooler. So that was kind of like the idea, you know, where that all of that came from. And then, you know, since then, we've added the Your Morning Basket podcast and then the Homeschool Solutions show. And I just chalk both of those up to temporary insanity. (laughs) So how do you manage a vibrant site? Because your site's wonderful. Facebook Lives, you do a homeschool solution show on your Facebook page every Thursday at 2.45 Central Time. 
you do three podcasts and you homeschool three children while helping to manage and run a co-op and teach there, you do a lot of stuff. And I don't know, some of the listeners and maybe even me um, <laughs> can barely get dinner on the table half the time. How are you getting all this done? I'm, I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So there, there are a few things that play into this. Number one, I don't have a hobby at all. I read every once in a while, but I just I used to do digital scrapbooking and I've toyed with like crocheting and knitting some and I've just like put it all aside. I don't this is my hobby, but it's what I love to do. You know, mm -hmm. I really do love to do it. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing. The second thing is I have a housekeeper. And, you know, my husband looked at me and he says, you would rather work a few hours a week to pay for this housekeeper than just get up and clean the house. I'm like, yeah. I certainly would. And so I don't clean house. The housekeeper comes every other week. And, you know, in between, we keep up with the laundry and keep up with the kitchen and stuff like that. So and I like people to know that because I like them to know that I don't do it all. I cook nothing from scratch. My kids had hot dogs this evening. <laughs> and my husband and I had a salad with meat on top, you know, and so that I don't cook anything from scratch unless it's a very special occasion. Now, my kids don't eat hot dogs every night, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not in there making bread. I have, you know, friends in town who like make their own bread and they raise chickens and, you know, they make kombucha and they do this, that, the <laughs> other. And I'm like, I don't do any of that stuff. And then, you know, my husband, as we've gotten further and further along in the business, because that's really what it's become for us, he takes the kids for periods of time. And they either go somewhere or I leave the house and I work a couple of shifts a week, you know, just time to myself so that I could do that. And then once our school day is done and we probably go until about we start about 830 or nine and we go until about 130 or two, depending on, you know, how long people drag their feet. We take an hour for lunch. I let my kids have screen time in the afternoon. And you would say, well, that's just so she can get work done. That's part of it. But the other part is, is because I need quiet at that point. It wouldn't matter what I was doing. I would need quiet time at that point. And so I let them watch a movie or play on their tablets or, or something of that nature. So they will be quiet. <laughs> and uh, I can have a few minutes worth of peace. So I just use those little pockets of the day to get things done. And sometimes I work in the evening like I am tonight. There came a point and I, I remember it very distinctly. And it was actually last summer. And we were talking about the fact that our oldest was going into sixth grade and was going to have more responsibilities at co-op and things of that nature. And I looked at my husband and I said, of everything that I'm doing right now, something may have to give so that I can do what I need to do in my homeschool. And he agreed with me. He's like, yes, this is your number one priority. And so I knew at that point that, you know, something was going to have to give in the business if it needed to. And so fortunately, it hasn't needed to. I will say that every podcast we produce is touched by no fewer than five people. And it's, you know, it's not like all five people are each working 10 hours on the podcast, right. but everybody does their little part. And so it kind of all comes together. We have systems in place that make it work. And, you know, I have about eight people who are permanently on my team. And so I'm not doing everything. It looks like I do everything, but I really, really don't. So how do you keep all that organized? Do you have 
apps or tools, specific resources that you use to kind of keep all that in check and make sure you remember what needs to be done when, both at home and for the business? Well, yeah, for home, you know, basically it Google Calendar. We, you know, we use a Google Calendar. And then every week I have a chalkboard in my kitchen where I write out the weekly schedule and I put things on there like my podcast or if I'm traveling, which I don't do a horrible lot of, but, you know, I do a little bit. And so I write it all. I write my husband's schedule up there if he's going to be out of town or something like that. And that way we can look up there at the dinner table and see what's going on this week. So that's kind of the biggest tool for the home thing. And then for the homeschooling, it's completely plan your year. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids go to vacation Bible school for a week in the summer and I get it all planned out. So it really is on autopilot during the school year. And then for the business, I have an app that I use called Asana. And basically my entire brain is in Asana. You know, everything is in there as little bitty tasks. And we have lots of templates created for things that we do over and over again. So we don't have to start from scratch. And we just use those things to those systems that are there to keep us going. And I think it's good because I'm kind of an administrative systems geek. You know, it's just as much fun for me to do that, to set up a new system for something um, as it is for me to like, you know, some women like to go shop for shoes. That just sounds like torture to me. I would much rather set up a new system for something than go shop. That's so funny. I might have to have you like systemize me and then I'll go shopping for books or something while you're doing that. How's that for oh, that a deal? like fun. We could do that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to ask you a favorite part of the show. It's one of my favorite parts to listen to, The Fast Five. Are you ready to say anything that comes to your mind as I uh, throw these out? Sure. Okay. You ready? It's got to be quick. Okay. Okay. So you just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? If it's enough, I want a Roomba. Ah, a Roomba. But you have a house cleaner. Yeah, but we have pugs. Housekeeper only comes every two weeks. (laughs) That's true. How many pugs do you have now? Two. Okay. One's a one's a puppy. It's re- a recent addition. Am I right? Or am I? No, no. They're, bo- they're both about two years old. Okay. Uh, we have a, a brindle colored boy named Elvis and then a black girl named Minnie. Minnie okay. Pearl is her full name. Elvis Pugsley and Minnie Pearl. Oh, my goodness. I remembered Elvis Pugsley. I did not remember Minnie Pearl. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't know how much you do with family games, but I'm wondering what your favorite family game night game would be if you could choose from all of them. Oh, it would definitely be Munchkin. Munchkin. I don't know that one. Oh, your bunch would really like Munchkin. I know like a million games that are out there. I've never heard that one. What what is that game? Well, I think it's more of a grown up game that we let our kids play. I will have to say, you know, there are some buxom lasses in (laughs) Munchkin on the card. So You know, if you need to take a couple of cards out, you could do this. I actually learned about this game from Melissa Wiley. Okay. And it's a it's like a a role playing kind of game without the role playing. Really? And yes, it's really fun and it's really kind of irreverent. And I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to play. And so it's kind of like you've heard of Dragonwood. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So it's kind of like Dragonwood for grownups. Okay. I'm definitely going to look this up. Yeah, I recently got Dragonwood thinking, okay, this will be easier, faster. The little guy can play it and, you know, we can do that. But, you know, how you in Dragonwood, you choose somebody to battle in Munchkin, you kick down the door and there's a monster on the other side and you have to see and there's a lot more backstabbing and 
stuff like that. It's fun. Okay. Interesting. Backstabbing and monsters behind the doors. My kids will eat it up. What is the best way to spend the day with your kids? I love, and I know this is so weird for an introvert to say, I love to take them somewhere. You know, I like to take them somewhere and show them something. So let's go to like a fort or, you know, like a historic fort, some historic site or the aquarium or something like that. I like to take them out and show them really cool stuff and then see their response to it. That sounds cool. So do you then kind of your introverted self kind of crash when you get back? Totally. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm like that too. I hear you on that one. So what are you reading right now? What's on your bedside table or tucked away under your wine glass? Oh, okay. So I cannot think of the name of it. It's the third book in the Mitford series. Okay. That is my bubble bath book right now. And so it actually lives on the side of the bathtub and I pretty much only read it when I get in the bubble bath. (laughs) And so I can't remember the name of it, but it's the third book in the Mitford series. It might be the one about hills or something. And then Misty and Brandy have me reading some hard stuff from The Great Tradition for a Scully Sisters podcast we're going to be doing soon. Okay. I don't know that one either, but it might be a little too heavy for my mind right now. I'm into bubble bath books right now. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, it's a a thick, oversized book. And I was so excited when I got it. I'm like, oh, the print has to be big. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They've got you working for this podcast, huh? They do. That's funny. Okay, so fill in the blank. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. I've got to have some quiet. I've got to have some downtime in the middle of the day where nobody is talking to me and asking me questions and wanting something from me. My son calls that introverting. Yes. And I need to be allowed to introvert at yes. some point. We need. Uh, we were away this past two weekends ago together, my son and I, and he doesn't really stop talking. And I said, I'm not getting enough introverting time. He's like, okay, I'll leave you alone for some introvertization. I don't know if that's really a word, but I'll take it. So I may may take that word too. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun, Pam. Will you tell everybody out there again where they can find you and how they can read more about what you're doing or listen to your other shows? Well, you can find us at pambarnhill.com. There we have the blog and I have some great contributors who are writing on the blog, even if I don't get to. We also have the Your Morning Basket podcast and the Homeschool Solution Show. You can find both of those along with this podcast. It's going to stay right there on pambarnhill.com. You can find all of those there. And then we have the Homeschool Solutions with Pam Barnhill Facebook page, which is the funnest place on Facebook, I will say. It's definitely Um, fun. I can say that because I'm not the one who runs it. (laughs) I'm there. I'm checking in because it's so much fun. I can't be anywhere else. But Kara, Kara runs that for me and she just does a fabulous job. And so that's facebook.com forward slash HS Pam Barnhill is where you find that. So we're kind of everywhere. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and a great first episode here for me on your show. Thank you so much for loaning it to me for a season. I can't wait to uh, to talk to you further. Well, thanks for having me here. And yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. I won't go far. 
Well, there you have it. A chance for me to turn the tables on Pam and ask her some of the questions that you've heard her ask so many guests over the years. It was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to be your guest host this season on the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. You can find links to all the resources that Pam and I discussed at her website, pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP51. You can find me at my website, RaisingLifelongLearners.com, and I'll be back in a couple weeks with a great new episode sharing another fun homeschool interview with you and talking about all things homeschooling. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week. I really appreciate you spending time with me and Pam on this fun interview and look forward to getting to know you. Enjoy your time with your kids this week and keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.